I think it's fair to say that we as people have many, many appetites, many dreams, many longings, many cravings. And some of those appetites actually seem to be hardwired into us. We all have a certain, uh, we all have a need for a certain amount of, of security and sufficiency, of a need for affection and esteem, of a need for power and control. Jesus' temptations in the wilderness line up pretty neatly with these very human needs. Turn stones into bread and you will not be hungry, you will have food security. With a sufficiency as limitless as there are stones in the desert. Worship me, the devil purrs, and you will have power and authority over all the kingdoms of the world. Throw yourself from the pinnacle of the temple and the angels will rush to save you in a, in a great public display of, of affection and esteem. Jesus must have shared our appetites, or these would not have been temptations. Well, this passage sends me back to remember what an Old Testament professor at a workshop I attended, uh, oh gosh, almost 30 years ago, I bet, made a point of saying, he took us back to one of the stories of creation in Genesis, where God created man, where God uh, formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed God's this living breath into this creation, and man became a living being, according to uh, our, the Bible translation we use. Other translations say soul, and I know there are other words. I can't think what they are. You know, there's a living being, a living soul. It gets translated differently. All the words up to that are, are pretty similar. But then there's this one word that people can't quite get at. Well, this particular Old Testament professor, whose name is lost to me, he taught at Perkins, um, had said that that very word shows up in other places other literature, other parts of the Old Testament, and they have no trouble translating it. It's nephesh. God breathed God's breath into man, and he became a living nephesh. Nephesh, nearly anywhere else, means hunger. God breathed into this creation, and man became a living hunger. <laughs> Somehow, I think the reason it sticks with me, that makes so much sense to me. It makes so much sense to me that God would create us as living creatures, breathing creatures with hunger at our very core, with a certain emptiness at the center of our being, a certain longing and desire Hungry, yes, for sufficient bread and meat, for security and, and, and for affection and esteem and for power and control, but hungry, hungry for God. Blaise Pascal said something similar when he described, uh, you probably heard this before, described uh, the, the God-shaped 
whole at the center of our being, which cannot be filled by anything but God, and that God revealed to us in Christ, a God-shaped whole at the center of our being. But of course, we exaggerate our needs, don't we? We exaggerate our needs, and we throw all kinds of things into that God-shaped hole. All of our compulsions and addictions, we eat too much, we drink too much, um, we leave it to others to decide whether we are beautiful or funny or smart or lovable. We lord power over others, don't yield it or share it well, and we look to satisfy our genuine need for God in all the wrong places. But the more the devil tempted, the more Jesus drew close to God. And the closer he drew to God, the more he could reveal God's extravagant love to the world. And the more he could share in God's generous and generative power, the more he could feed and love and empower others, the more he could show us exactly who we have been created to be. Hungry. Going hungry doesn't sound so bad anymore, does it? Amen.